0: It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Stacey Fisinkos.
1: And I'm Stacy Farkleson. And today we are discussing pregnancy. Now I'm sure that makes everyone smile. I know I smile when I see a pregnant woman in the grocery store at a restaurant, or if someone tells me they just found out they're pregnant. I get so excited, it's time to celebrate, a new life, endless possibilities. But what if this were an unplanned pregnancy? What are our first thoughts then? Do we criticize or judge? Do we celebrate them and their baby or do we ignore them? Do we whisper about them when they walk by? Do we discuss their failures or our opinions? Uh, you may not and you may never have gone through this and you may not know this scenario at all, but I have seen it play out many times yeah, and I've seen it play out in the place where these young ladies should feel the most welcomed and the most loved and supported, and that's the church. We are talking to God-loving men and women. So the things we're saying we know aren't falling on deaf ears. This is a conversation that Stacy and I have had and wanted to have today because we have walked this road and we've seen it played out in our families and in the church, both Protestant and Catholic. So hear our hearts as we feel this is another topic that gets pushed Mm -hmm. under the rug and just not talked about, or perhaps when discussed, it leads to heated arguments. I mean, we're not debating anything. We just want to share our hearts. We are talking about love. And what we can do as a church, the body of Christ, to be more pro-life in our everyday to day lives. Because abortion is so prevalent this day and time. When there is an unplanned pregnancy, how could the thought not cross their minds as an option? I mean, if only for a moment, what if they consider that idea just, what if they think, oh, that would just make everything go away? If they feel rejected or ostracized or judged how much more appealing that option might look. We don't want to line ourselves up with the enemy whose purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, we should line ourselves up with God who is love. You know, God is love. He can't help but love us because that's who he is. He loves that unborn baby and he loves that pregnant young lady, planned or unplanned. That doesn't change or impact how much God loves them. And remember, it's the goodness of God that draws all Mm -hmm. men. That scripture means that God is good, but it's also for us. It's the way we treat people. The way we treat people can lead them to God or push them away. And that's why God tells us to love one another. In John 13, he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We can't say we are pro-life and push women towards the abortion clinic.
0: It's just being counterproductive. I love it when you say that, Stacy. It is the goodness of God that draws people to the church. I mean th- those are some strong points you're making and that line that you that you say the goodness of God draws people to the church needs to be memorized and repeated. I think just about any pro-life person listening would wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said that we need to love the woman and love the child. I hear pro-life people say that all the time. But we're talking about this today because I think it's also hard for people to empathize with pregnant teens. I want to share something about myself because we're we're about getting real Um, And as we've said before, we're always trying to navigate. uh, We don't want to overshare. We have to protect the people we love. But we're also want you to know why we're so passionate about these issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of laugh because I studied chemistry for 10 years. And if, if I say anything about science, people accept that I'm an authority. On science because of my degree. But I've been dealing with motherhood and <laughs> and pregnant teenagehood for probably more years than that. So, okay, if I can just say, I, I have some experience here. I was a pregnant teenager myself. Um, and I was Baptist at the time. I was unmarried and pregnant, actually with my first three babies. like it happened repeatedly with me. Um, even though, as I said before, Jose and I were civilly married oh one, oh two, oh three, <laughs> but we found out two weeks later I was ten weeks pregnant um, mm. with my daughter, who herself now was a pregnant teenager just two years ago. You know, I changed my whole life around to convert and become Catholic, and then you know it was like god what gives here mm. this this legacy i'm leaving my own daughters um but i know what the world looks like my oldest daughter was a pregnant teenager my second oldest daughter abby was a pregnant teenager her mom their mom was i was i know what the world looks like through the eyes of an unmarried pregnant teen and i don't get the sense that a lot of other people do i mean how would you if you've never been in that situation it's pretty hard to imagine right but but i want you to listen to me and Stacy, listen to me when I say this. A pregnant teen already is judging herself very mm-hmm. harshly. And these young girls often, I mean, teenage girls don't run around looking to have sex most of the time. They're pressured into it. And so they're already judging themselves very harshly. They have to, the whole world's going to see them get pregnant, see their belly grow. Mm-hmm. And she will interpret this pregnant, scared teenager, even if her parents are accepting like we were to our daughters, even, even if people are being nice to her, she will interpret judgment from others very easily. And yeah, you could argue that they're oversensitive, but they are, okay? They're Mm -hmm. teenagers, they're kids. She will interpret words and actions from others. She's looking for judgment. She's scared of it. It's like she has earbuds plugged into the whole world And Satan fills her head Mm -hmm. with all these whispers from demons who are saying, they're talking about you. They're judging you. Mm -hmm. They think you're a slut. They think you're a failure. They think you're never going to amount to anything. Your baby isn't celebrated. Your baby Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. And she has to work to shut that out. Mm -hmm. So allowing a pregnant teenager to sit next to you in the pew, Christians, that's not enough. You're not showing them love because you let them sit there with you giving them a number for a hotline sending them to a pregnancy center recommending them to a maternity home without knowing anything about their situation that sounds to the pregnant teen like you're just trying to get rid of them here's a number here's a home go there they'll take care of you it mm-hmm. sounds to them like you're trying to get rid of them and i know people who who do, say those things they mean to help but what these teenage girls need from their church from a church founded by a man who was born of a 14-year-old mother himself and taught mm. the world about forgiveness and love. What they need from that church community is just plain old kindness. Mm-hmm. Talk to these girls. Ask them about their baby. Celebrate their baby.
1: I think women who choose to keep their babies and face the challenges that come with that are so
0: incredibly brave. Yes.
1: I mean, unplanned for the young lady but not unplanned for Jesus. He knows the end from the beginning. And it tells us in Isaiah forty six ten, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done saying my purpose shall stand and I will fulfill my intention. God knows the end from the beginning. He has a plan that baby and for that young lady. And I guess, I guess my thought is my my fear that if we don't support love and encourage them, we'll lose them mm-hmm. because the world will, if we reject them, the world is standing there with their own, their arms yes. open, ready yes. to receive them. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I have worked at a, um, a crisis, a pregnancy crisis center and, you know, most teenagers don't go there on their own. The only ones that ever came in really were the ones that were brought in by their mom, by their moms, or they walked into it thinking they were walking into an abortion clinic. Yeah. I mean, exactly what you said. We have to support them. And we think sometimes, you know, not just, you know, sitting in the pew next to us, but we also think that if we supply them with food and diapers, we've checked off the support the pregnant teenager box. and, and Exactly. That's not- It's not the way it goes. I mean, we have to show them support with our words, our actions, our hugs, our facial expressions. Facial expressions
0: are huge. Oh, yes. To a teenage girl, they sure are.
1: So in the Bible, it talks about when Lazarus, when Jesus raised Lazarus (laughs) from the dead. And you're probably thinking, how is she going to tie this? (laughs) (laughs) But but give me just You know scripture.
0: You know scripture. I trust (laughs) you with this.
1: Okay, so when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he was standing there with a group of people surrounding him. Lazarus had been dead. He'd been buried for four days, the Bible tells us. And when he came out, oh, my gosh, he must have been so dirty and so smelly (laughs) and stinky. He was a hot mess. Well, Talk about a hot mess. He was a mess. I mean, can you imagine that stench? So here's what Jesus did do. Jesus raised him up. Here's what Jesus did not do. Jesus did not clean him up. <laughs> Jesus spoke to those standing around him, and he said, "Now you guys go to him, and you love on him, and you clean him up, and you restore him, and you unbind him, and you set him free, and you help him, and feed him, and be there for him." Okay, mm-hmm. I might have added a little bit, but <laughs> but here's what it really says. Here's John eleven forty through forty four. It says, "Jesus said to her." his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. And then Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And I always think about that. I always think about our part. What is our part? Well, Jesus Mm -hmm. told him, them, you go unbind him. You Mm -hmm. go set him free. You go clean him up. And God is still calling us to do our part today. Yeah. And like I said, the world will welcome them. The world will accept them. The world will even fight for them. Yeah.
0: So, how much more should we? It just strikes fear in me when you say the world will accept them because I have seen that happen. The world won't judge them. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people will, but there's plenty of people who won't. Um, and, And my daughters have been judged by people in the church and by people outside the church. But um, more often than not, they found comfort and acceptance outside the church, and they felt very harshly judged inside the church. When I say don't just send them to the hotline or the pregnancy center or the maternity home, don't do that, Catholics. I mean, if you you don't know the young woman, don't just say that to her. People said that to my daughter all the time, and I'm like, hello, she has a loving family. We're right here. We're taking care of her. She doesn't need a place to live. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't need a hotline. We we can tell her that we, we could send her to the hotline. What she needs is to feel like she right. belongs here. Right. And but I, d- I do want to acknowledge there are some good ministries in the Catholic and probably more so in the Protestant world. Um, we we got a list of some we ask on Facebook. Um, and Stacy, you know the woman who runs a place called Embrace Grace, which is um, a ministry that trains people in in the churches to be there for the girls to wrap them in love, pro love. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Gabriel Project in the Catholic Church, which has you you can have by diocese or by parish. Uh, you can start a Gabriel Project, which pairs up these women with an angel, a volunteer who will walk with them. And, and I think that's more like it. That's that's kind of more like what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone said there's a walking with moms in need in Montana. Um, there's a children of the Immaculate Heart in San Diego. And these are good. These are great. I don't want to dismiss all the good work going on there. But I want to reiterate that these projects should not become a way to eschew the teen or unmarried pregnant mom away from the community, right? I think there should be programs to help the parishioners, not just the teens. (laughs) So whether you're involved in one of these ministries or not, if you see a pregnant teen at church, let me me just give you a few specifics of what I'm talking about. And, And I've talked to my daughters about this. So it's not just me making it up. If you see a pregnant teen at church, smile at her. You know, that's such a simple thing. I know when you see someone like that at church, I I do it too. You're wondering, like, if I smile at her, will she think I'm being condescending? If I say something to her, will she think I'm being fake? You know what? Just do it anyway. Smile at that young woman. Look her in the eyes and smile at her because when you don't, She's hearing the demons in her head tell her that nobody wants her there. Number two, ask her the same questions you would ask any other married mother. Don't ask her where the father is. You don't (laughs) know whether she was pregnant because she consented, whether she was pressured, or whether she was just out there trying to have sex. You don't know. You don't know if the father abandoned her. You don't know if the father is, is helping support her. You don't know, and it's really not anybody else's business. So don't ask her where the father is. Ask her the same questions you would ask a married mother. What are you naming your baby? How are you feeling? How's the nursery coming along? Mm -hmm. You know, ask ask her those kind of questions that say, I'm celebrating your baby with you. Mm -hmm. Tell her that you're happy she's there. Just say, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're here. And just keep telling yourself, if you see a pregnant teen in the pew, she needs you to celebrate her baby the same way you would celebrate anybody else's baby. Don't do anything that could be interpreted to make her feel like her baby isn't as good as the married mother's baby. I know that can be frustrating because you might be thinking, I I don't think that. I don't think that. And these girls, oh, they're so sensitive. Let me tell you something. I have got five daughters. Teenage girls are sensitive, okay? Mm -hmm. They're they're sometimes like insanely sensitive. A pregnant teenage girl, yeah, (laughs) okay, very sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, So just keep those things in mind next time you see them. There's a little training right there. That's good, Stacey. I I love all of those
1: suggestions because that's what we're talking about today. How can we, as the body of Christ, be pro-life or pro-love as Embrace Grace says, and on day to day basis, in our everyday walk, and this is—you've given us great suggestions. This is how we are to 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 walk that out. You know, I I, I do know because I have four teenagers, or they—they're grown now, but I have one teenager still at home. But four girls, and yes, they're sensitive, and. I'm 53 years old and I'm sensitive. I'm a very emotional person. So I mean, yeah. So, And I I know that even me, I will sometimes read into something that's not there. Right. And how much more these young girls who are pregnant, they have hormones, they're embarrassed. Stacey, as you were talking, I just had this scripture that just was playing through my mind, John 8 7, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And mm-hmm. you know, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we we really none no one should be a stone thrower. And when we're talking about, you know, what is pro-life, I mean, is it pro unborn baby or mm-hmm. is it pro pregnant mother? Yes. It, yes it to happens. both. Yes to both. Exactly. It's even pro mom of pregnant <laughs> young lady who need your loving support and encouragement too. And and we both know that. I also had a a, preg- a pregnant teenage daughter, and so we've both walked that. And mm-hmm. being pro life is not just about saving the life of the unborn baby, but it's about saving the life of the mother also. Yeah. I love that the ministry um, you had referenced earlier, Embrace Grace, it says pro-love. They use that term pro-love. And I love love that. that. That, That's what it's about. It's about loving, pro-love, wrapping our arms around and supporting the young lady who finds herself pregnant. It will lead her to life. It will lead her to life. Life for her and for her baby. Yes. And Psalm 139.14 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. They both are. Mom and baby both are fearfully and wonderfully made. It is hard to stomach watching people mistreat our daughters because they don't see their hearts. They don't know Mm -hmm. what they've, they don't know her journey. They don't know what she walked through. They don't know Mm -hmm. where she came from. They don't know the struggles. And, and, And honestly, not even you know everything because it even I know another scripture, but in the Bible it tells us <laughs> that we look at the outward appearance where God sees the heart, right? Yeah, God looks at the heart and He's the only one that really He He did make her, so He's really the only one that knows how she's gonna respond to certain things and what makes her you know click. And I mean He knows her intimately, and for someone. Just a stranger or to make an assumption or to make a judgment when they don't know her. It,
0: mm-hmm. it infuriates me how much yeah. more her mom. I want to close out this episode with the words of Pope Benedict and in, in a, a very popular encyclical space, Salve. It, it means in hope we are saved. It's about hope. And he's talking about, I'm going to quote a scripture now because he does. He's talking about St. Paul to the Romans, Romans 8, 24. That's where St. Paul says, you know, we need faith and hope, right? He says faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. But in this part where he's writing to the Romans, he says, in hope, we are saved. And Pope Benedict starts that encyclical talking about what that means. According to our faith, redemption or salvation, it's not simply just given it's offered a, offered to us, right? It, God, Christ made it possible, offered it to us and gave it to us in hope, hope that we can trust in. So that's the faith and the hope, hope we can trust in by virtue of which we can face, he says, our present. And so that, that gives you the sense of, of a wayfarer, somebody walking through life. That teenage pregnant girl is facing her present and it takes virtue to face her present and the only way she can face her present is if she's allowed to have that hope and Mm -hmm. asking her if she's been to confession asking her where the father is asking her a bunch of questions you wouldn't ask a married woman is not giving her hope it makes her feel judged and and, you know and I just want to say quickly not everybody did that but those are some of the comments that just kind of made her say I'm not going back there but we I I think it helps us think about how to help them it helps me as a mother. It helps hopefully the people next to her in the pew, the priests, the pastors. You know, if you're a pastor and you have a teenage pregnant girl, call her and ask her to come talk to you past pastor to her. Because she really needs to get that sense that she is starting a journey. Her life is a journey. And the only reason she can journey is because she has hope. We have to give her hope. We have to let her be allowed to hope and celebrate this baby that she's bringing in the world. A pregnant teen is on a journey. And like Mm -hmm. you say all the time, Stacey, our job is to help them walk it through. Mm Not judge them. We yeah, need to do more than talk the talk. <laughs> you know right. what comes after that? We need to walk the walk. walk. The walk. <laughs> I'm Stacy
1: Tresenkos, and I'm Stacy Farquison. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see Stacy and Stacey. Site for more information.